Welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We believe in being real about what the Bible says, simple in how we convey it, and intentional in how we pursue Him. How is everyone tonight? Anybody excited to be here? Anybody excited to be here? Anybody? Anybody? There we go. 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 Um, man, I, did y'all enjoy the worship night last Thursday? Did anybody enjoy that? Switch it up a little bit. I, I thought the setup was cool. Um, I, the reason I think it was cool is because I helped set it up. So very cool. Very cool. Well, I, I'm excited that you're, uh, that you're here tonight. I know that uh, there's a lot of things going on. I know there's a ton of other places you could be, but I'm glad that you're here tonight. And whether you've been in church all of your life, you've been coming to Pursuit all your life, if you've never been to church before at all, we're glad that you're here. You don't have to even believe what we believe to, believe to belong here. You don't even got to be a Christian. If you'll just keep coming, we believe that God will change some things in your life. So I'm, I'm excited that you're here. God's excited that you're here. And I hope that you've met someone new. Is anybody excited? Is, does anybody like who they're sitting next to? Anybody like who they're sitting next to? Okay. We're getting honest. We're getting honest for a second. Have you told them what's good yet? Have you told them what's good? You said, what's up? How's your day been going? Okay. 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 We're getting somewhere. I, th- I think that church can actually be enjoyed. It doesn't have to be endured. You don't have to just like come and like just like, oh, we'll get this over with. Church can actually be something that's fun. You can actually get to know some people. You can actually get to, uh, I don't know, sit, sit next to some. Maybe uh, if you're a guy and you're looking for a wife one day, maybe this is the place that you need to be. I recommend it being here than somewhere else. So if you're looking for like an eHarmony Christian mingle, maybe we can somehow wrap that in a bundle and that can be what Pursuit can offer to you. For a low price of nineteen ninety nine, I'm just kidding. All right, we're going too far. We're going too far. Um, God, I, I was I was really thinking about what to even talk about tonight. I uh, I got I got honored and got blessed to uh, go and preach somewhere on Sunday. And man, I love I love preaching to you guys. So you, do you ever hear your professors? Are they ever like, hey, um, the reason I teach, or especially high school uh, teachers, will complain and say they wish they would do college because they say that the reason college is so cool is because people don't come unless they want to be there. Can I get an amen? Like, like you don't go to class unless you want to be at class. So there's some benefit to going to class or you don't go. So I think it means a whole lot. And it's really easy preaching to people that are excited to be here and they come because they want to be here. So thank you for that. that that's me saying thank you all very much. I, uh, I got a, if you got a Bible, will you turn in Luke chapter 5? Luke chapter 5, verse 27 through 32. Luke chapter 5, verse 27 through 32. We're going to be rocking the NIV version tonight. If that's not what you got, it's all good. If you got a phone, pull it out. Do whatever you got to do. If you don't have anything, we're going to have it up there on the screen. Praise God that we got a projector. Let's go. Everybody there? Dope. No one's here. I got it. No worries. Here we go. All right, this is, this is Jesus. Uh, he, it's, it's kind of cool. He's very early on in his ministry. He's walking around. He meets this dude named, named Levi. And I don't know what it is about the name Levi, but I just kind of like it. Does anybody like the name Levi? Like, I don't know, just kind of just kind of Levi. I don't, whatever. All right, so I like, the, I like the name Levi. That might be why we picked it. Um, it says that, uh, so Jesus is walking around. He's picking his disciples, Levi being one of them. He says, uh, he says, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi. There it is, Levi. You like Levi? I like Levi. We're going to roll with Le- Levi. It says, sitting at his tax booth, follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. That's, we're going to spend some time on that tonight. It says, then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. So they got this, man, they got like this Thanksgiving supper going on. I'm talking about, man, they got like the stuffing in the oven. They just snacking down. This is, this is all you can eat. This is like Moe's, but you got like 
as many flex points as you want. Like, I mean, that, that's what we're, we're, we're talking like, man, there's a lot of people there, and you could just keep on eating. So they're eating together. It says that there's all these tax collectors that have, uh, that are, uh, it says that there's a great banquet, that there's a large crowd, that there's tax collectors, and there's other people eating with them. And then it says that, uh, it says, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belong to their sect complained to the disciples. They said, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, this is where we're going to spend a majority of our time. It says, Jesus answered, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Will you pray with me real quick? God, thank you so much for this day, God. I just pray that you've actually put our feet in this place tonight, God, and we can come in here and worship you. God, I pray that we don't take that for granted, God, that we don't miss this moment. So, God, I just pray there won't be anything that I'm saying, God. I pray that it'll be you speaking through me. God, I pray that if there's any walls that are in our hearts right now, God, that are in our souls, God, I just pray that, God, if you can just pry them open for just a second, God, so that you can get in there, God. And if there's anything that we're just holding a tight grip on, God, that tonight will be the night that things change, God, when you'll actually break those chains. There's not a thing that we can do. We can worry all we want to, God. We can try as many things as we want to, God. But in the end, you are the answer. You are the doctor to our illness, God. And we're just coming to see the doctor tonight, God. So thank you very much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for us, God, let us do things like this. Your name, amen, amen. Got a question for you. Y'all ready for a question? Got a question. Have you ever been stuck on an elevator? You ever been stuck on an elevator? All right, I don't know what, what, what I've done wrong, but somehow I've been stuck on an elevator that I know of twice. Stuck on it twice. And it's, it's kind of like one of those things when you're a kid, it's like not really a big deal. You're kind of like, Dude, I'm stuck on an elevator. Like, this is sick. Like, I, you kind of enjoy it. Then when you get a little bit older, like, you're not even okay with people, like, jumping on the elevator whenever you're inside. You know what I'm talking about? Like, whenever you see people start, like, they get in this position and they're in the elevator, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me get off and y'all can do whatever crazy things you want to, but I've been stuck in one before. I'm not going to do it again. Don't do it. All right, so, like, I, I remember I was actually, it was the first, uh, first day that I moved to college, all right? First day that I moved to college. Moved all my stuff in. I was living, does anybody live in Trojan Village? Okay, cool. I had a really weird conversation one time, and we were talking. I was just having some small talk. And I was like, hey, where do you live? And they were like, Trojan Village. And that's where I lived my freshman year. And so uh, this was a year after I had moved to my apartment. And we were having this conversation. And, like, turns out, like, old girl, like, lives in the exact same room that I did. And it was just kind of weird. I didn't really know how to follow that up. It was just a little bit too similar. Like, we were too alike. So, anyways, this was in uh, Trojan Village. I get done moving all the stuff up there. You know, I carry it all by myself because I'm super strong. Don't need any help. That was a joke. You can laugh. All right, so I get done moving all my stuff up there. And, and, and if you've lived in a dorm before, usually on the first day or maybe it might be the second day, but uh, they have like an RA meeting. Do you all remember those? You go to an RA meeting and they tell you all the things you can and can't do. All right, so this is probably the only meeting in my life that I've been like kind of on time for. Like I was actually going to be there earlier. And if you know me, like that does not happen very much. Don't show up many places early. So I actually kind of got like, got rolling, got the ball rolling. I had all my stuff up there. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go to this. I'm, I'm going to be early. You know, I'm going to start something new in college. So I get on this elevator and there's, there's about uh, four other guys, five in total. And uh, we get on this elevator and I think that it took us down and then like the doors wouldn't open. And I'm like, here we go again. I don't know what I've done, but somehow I'm stuck in an elevator again. And again, the, the first five minutes, it's kind of cool. It's kind of funny. Like everybody's having a good time. And I remember, like, I, we, we were kind of joking around, you know, that they started jumping, and I'm like, bro, chill out, man. I've been in this before, quit jumping. And so we, we, uh, we started just, like, started to really realize where we were and that we weren't really going anywhere. 
And so, like, I just remember, like, as the time goes on, we start thinking, like, dude, like, I don't even know who you call to get out of an elevator. So we're, like, pressing the buttons on there, trying to press a little call thing. And I'm like, wait, this is 911. Like, what are you, how are you going to help me? Like, so you press, you're pressing all these different, like, the, the alarm button, all this kind of stuff. You're pressing all these things, and you're like, yo, get me out of here. Like, after, like, like, after a couple of, like, about 20 minutes, I remember, like, I was starting to freak out a little bit. Like, that, at that point, since, again, I'm an expert at getting trapped in an elevator, at this point in the process, people start claiming corners. So my corner is always the one by the buttons, just in case anything, you know, might happen. I could launch a missile, something, anything. Like, that's my corner. Called it permanent dibs, my corner. All right, so at about that 20-minute mark, that's when you start calling corners. You start feeling like, man, this thing's actually getting kind of legit because, like, the meeting is, like, actually in process. I wonder if there's anyone actually even looking for us. Like, I don't know anybody. Like, dude, are we ever going to get out of this elevator? So what happens is, is I think, like, we had our phone on us, and we... uh. We called, like the, we called the police or whoever, the fire department. I think it was the fire department that actually ended up coming. And they, uh, I remember hearing the sirens like outside. I remember hearing the sirens like pull up outside. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm about to get out of here. I was so excited. Like I, I'm telling you, I was in my little corner, had my head up against the wall. You know, I'm just like, oh, man, I, I've been in here too long. It's been 24 minutes and, and 42 seconds, and I just can't take another second. So I remember hearing the fire department. They, they, they pull up, and I remember... Uh, Whenever they got, the guy, this is what he said. All right, so we're stuck in this elevator, and the guy, like, we, again, we were kind of on the first floor, so we can hear him talking, and the, the firefighter, this is what he says, he says, are y'all stuck? And I'm like, this is the biggest dot, dot, dot moment in my life where I'm like, does that even, like, like, is there an emoji that can even explain, like, how, like, mad, how frustrated, how, man, are you really asking that question? I don't even think there's an emoji that will, like, describe, like, what I was feeling at that point. And I'm like, Yes. I'm stuck in the elevator. Yeah, this, this thing is not moving. If I could open it up, I would have done it. Wouldn't have called you up here. Wouldn't have inconvenienced you. But it, it, the, the story kind of goes on. He actually, uh, he tells me, he's like, you know, since again, I was sitting next to the buttons. He tells me, he's like, hey, look, just, I need you to follow some directions and we'll get you out of there. And I was like, can do. I don't know any other way I'm going to get out of here. Can do. Can listen to you. I don't know where you're from, who you are, but nice to meet you. Please get me out of here. And so I remember just talking to him. He's telling me, you know, hey, press this button, then this button. And there's like this combination. And somehow he overrides the system and we get out of this elevator. And I remember just thinking I'm ready to like get down like all fours and just like kiss the ground because I'm like, man, I've been in this situation before and I'm so excited to be out. And I remember it was so funny because this meeting is going downstairs in the lobby. And I remember walking off that elevator and I, it was like off of like a war movie. Like we walk out and people are just clapping, probably super sarcastically, but I was just kind of like, I'm going to add a little limp into this, like I've really been through something. And we start walking off this elevator, and everybody's just cheering us like, yeah, let's go. And it's so sarcastic, but at the same time, I was like, praise God, he's going to let me see my college days. Like, just give me one day to experience college, just one day, God. And he did it. He came through for us. He's never going to let us down. Amen? Come on. All right, so what happens from that is that I think when, when, when I was in that process, when I was trying to get out of that elevator, I really had nothing that I knew how to do. Nothing. I pressed the down button, I pressed the first floor, I pressed the second floor, nothing happened. But what happened was is that this dude that had the information in order to get us out of that elevator showed up, and we had to listen to him. We had to, we had to fully rely on this guy when his information was that he was giving us, because at that point, that point in the process, I tried all I could try. I'd done all I can do, but at this point in the process, it was very easy to trust that guy, that firefighter, who asked me a very dumb question to start off with. It was very easy to trust him because I had no other option. Pursuit, I wanted to tell us tonight that it's really easy to follow Jesus when there's no other option. Sometimes we need to recognize that there might be some things in this world, but if we're looking for something that's eternal, it's only going to come from Jesus. Amen? That's what, we're, that's, what we're, that's what we're looking at is because it's really easy to trust someone with the information to get you out of an elevator 
when they're the only option. But what would have happened? What, what would have happened if I'd have done this? What would have happened if I would have like got on my phone, pulled up a YouTube video of some dude that tells me how I can hack up onto the penthouse at some hotel? What if I was looking at that video and also trying to listen to this firefighter and like my 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 I'm just like divided on who I'm actually going to listen to, and all of a sudden I'm still not going anywhere. I think that is tonight. If we were to look at our hearts, where are we looking? Where are we looking for our instructions for our life? Where are we looking for the purpose of our lives? Are we looking fully to Jesus? Are we still looking for this world to answer the questions in our life? When it comes to salvation, where are we looking in this world? Are we looking of this? Where are we looking for Jesus? Where, what are we doing? I think when this guy, when this guy Levi, dude, when he's walking around, he's over here. The tax collectors had this really bad, like, like mojo. They had this really bad, like if you were to, they're just not very like, no one talks good about a tax collector, even to this day. Everybody's just kind of like, dude, they're just taking money from me. But like back then, there was no Excel sheet. Like there was no balancing on left or right. It's just kind of like, hey, this is how I'm going to get paid. I'm going to like charge people more than they actually owe. So everybody kind of hated these tax collectors. And I think it's so cool that in this passage, Levi, he's someone that no one else really wants to hang out with. And that's who Jesus walks up to. See, when Jesus walks up to him, I like how he, he, doesn't really, he doesn't even have any small talk. He's like, follow me. And Levi's like, but unmoved, I'm going. Like, like no, no question about it. Whenever, whenever he tells Levi, he says, follow me. I think Levi realized what sometimes takes us almost our whole lives, takes our whole college years. Levi realizes that he was in the presence of Jesus. And then when Jesus calls us to follow him, it's not something that needs to be deliberated. It's not something that needs to be hesitated on. It's not something that needs to be passed on. Like maybe one day, sometime will actually happen. When he asks Levi, he says, he doesn't even ask, he says, follow me. That's something he tells him. And Levi literally gets up and it says that he leaves everything. He leaves everything. Have you ever thought about what it would mean? Like there, there's people down in Panama City that have lost everything. And I can't even imagine being in that situation. But there's some people that might understand that. Like leaving everything. Some of us, I really wonder if we were to be called, like we're called by Jesus to follow him. That means each and every day of our life, if we were called to follow Jesus and he calls us and he says, follow me. I wonder, it's really easy to do on a Thursday, but when, we leave, when we're leaving everything to follow Jesus, are we leaving that Friday and Saturday night? Are we leaving the, the sins that are in our lives? Are we actually going to ask Jesus for repentance? Are we actually going to turn from those things that Jesus has called us from? Because the thing is, is that you have an option, yes, to follow Jesus. But the thing is, is that Jesus wants all of us. He doesn't want just a part of us. He doesn't want just the Thursday night you. He doesn't want just the Sunday night you. He wants all of you. He calls us fully. He wants us to leave everything because Jesus should be the number one in our lives. Because the thing is, is that Jesus offers something that's eternal. This world can only offer what's temporary. Why would we choose temporary over what's eternal? Because Jesus offers something that we couldn't do for ourselves. That's what we see whenever Levi gets up and he, and he leaves everything. He leaves everything. When we're talking about what we're, what we're choosing, you know, Levi's like, hey, follow me. We're, we're thinking about what's going on. Think about what we're going to pick. Are we going to follow Jesus? This is some things, you know, we're also choosing. Sorry, I lost my place. We're talking about like, is our faith in like salvation? Is it in forgiveness? Is it in redemption? That has so much weight. That stuff right there is eternal that it can't be spread out. 
Check this out. So like you don't just go around saying like, I'm going to get my forgiveness here. Like I kind of believe in Buddha. I kind of believe in like, man, maybe I'll just be good one day. Everything's going to be chill. I'm going to like spread this out and then maybe I'll be okay. Jesus calls us that he wants everything in our lives, that he calls us fully because what Jesus did is when he went to the cross, he didn't just partially pay for our salvation. No, he paid it in full. He went, when he went to the cross, he took that beating and he took it in full. When he was unrecognizable as a man, he was unrecognizable fully. You could even recognize the people that used to know him would look at him and it's like, whoa, his face is completely ripped apart. He took that, he took that weight. He took our burden and he took it in full. What would, how foolish would it be for us to go through life thinking that we had the right answers when it really came down to that Jesus paid it fully, but we only want to give him it partially. When it comes to our lives, is it partially that we're giving Jesus? Or are we going to give it to him fully? What I see is that, man, there's a, there's a group of college students in here tonight that if we were to be like, hey, where are you going to be in five years? Some of us really don't even know. But we can spend our whole lives worrying about what the next step in our life is, trying to see what I can figure out, see what my friend group can figure out. But if we were to put our hope and our faith in Jesus, then he's the one. That, they say that the most research question is, you know, like, like, or like, it's like, hey, when was I born? And then what was I born to do? You can look this whole world up and down trying to figure out what you were put here to do. You were called to follow Jesus. He put in two words. He says, follow me. Sometimes I think we're trying to spread out that just kind of like, hey, like Jesus, I trust you. But like, I still kind of enjoy what's going on in my life right now. This sin in my life, I'm not actually asking for repentance. I'm actually going to dwell in it a little bit. And then I'm going to like maybe still follow Jesus on some days that it's convenient. Jesus calls for us to follow him fully. So I got a question. We already pointed out that in scripture it says that Levi literally leaves everything in order to follow Jesus. I was kind of thinking, I was like, bro, if you put me in that situation, first of all, I'd have no idea what to do because I'd be like, whoa, this Jesus dude, like, there he is. Follow me. Uh, like, I'd be so like, I'd be like, what's going on, man? I, I would have thought of like, I was thinking, I was like, what are some excuses that we might say? What are some things we say so that we don't follow Jesus fully? I came up with a few, like, like I, I was just, we're going to hit on a couple, but that was the first one. What, what are some excuses that we make in order to not follow Jesus? Because I think Levi was in that situation where if he had any excuse in the book, he was going to throw it out then. But he gets his butt up and he follows Jesus. What are some excuses? I think the first one, I don't know if you've ever had this. What about hesitation? Uh, we talked about this a while back. This is almost a poison when it comes to Christians and hesitation. When, it's, when we're talking about follow Jesus fully, we're talking about like, this is something I have to go. I can't hesitate on. Hesitation is like, hey, like I was going to wish you happy birthday. But I didn't really know if we were that close. I didn't really know if I was supposed to post a picture with you. If you were like story worthy, if you were like text message worthy, you might even been iMessage worthy. Come on, somebody. Everybody loves that blue, that blue bubble. Uh, it's kind of like, like, I don't really know what to do. Like, sh should I do it? Should I not? I don't want to be like, I don't want to overdo it. I don't want to like underdo it. And you're just kind of like hesitating. And then at the end of the day, you're like, well, I didn't even tell them happy birthday. Have, has anybody ever done that? Ever, anybody ever forgot to tell their friend happy birthday? we got some honest people in here. I, I've forgotten, and, and, and Facebook is a very good tool for that. I'm glad that we still have Facebook to go back to so I don't forget anybody who's important in my life. I don't forget their birthday. Remember that. That's a tip. That's free. Go for it. Facebook is where it is. Hesitation, man. I think hesitation is... Hesitation kind of sounds like this. When Jesus tells us, he says, follow me. When he told Levi, he says, follow me. This is, what we, this is some things he could have said. Is like, now is not the time. 
This dude's got a job. He's probably building up that, that 401k. He's building up that like Rosh RA, man. He's like getting all this stuff together. He's like, man, I'm ready to retire in a couple of years. He's getting all this stuff together. Now's not the time, man. I think that we're such in a crucial part in our lives where we want to get a job one day. We want to make some money one day. But I don't think there's any step in our life, like, well, like you've heard of like seasons, but I don't think there's any step, any season in our life when it comes to, I have a season of like disbelief. I have a season of just, I'm doing my own thing. Jesus does not call us to do our own thing. He calls us to follow him. This isn't a seasonal thing. I'm always going to trust in Jesus. There's some things that I must do. There's some things that I might be learning season, might be a growing season, experiencing more growth, but there's never a disbelief season. I wonder if Jesus is going to come through. So we see it's like, man, like this hesitation, it's almost a poison. It's I almost did that. I almost did this. might sound like this. I trust Jesus, but I like where I am right now. Does anybody enjoy being in college better than high school? I'm enjoying where I am right now. I'm not looking forward to getting up at 8 o'clock every single morning. And if Jesus was like, hey, yo, you're going to roll with me? And this time clock is going to be from 7 in the morning until 9 at night. I'd be like, whoa, dude, is there some overtime on that? Like, oh, man, like. I, got, I like my sleep a little bit now. Like that. I think that's one thing that, that he could have easily said. That's some things that we say to Jesus all the time is when it comes to actually getting up and going to church or getting up and talking to that friend that needs Jesus that we know that God has put in our life. Sometimes we give these exact same excuses. Just list, list a couple more. Maybe we're being content and being comfortable. We just enjoy where we are. We're comfortable. We're not willing to get out there and really trust God fully and maybe get into the thick of it. Someone else will do it. I already do enough. At least I'm not as bad as that person. This poison of hesitation when it comes to following Jesus. I'm glad that Jesus did not hesitate when he went to the cross for all of us in this room. That when he went to go bear the price for salvation, that he didn't just almost do it. He didn't think about doing it. We know that God loves us us because he didn't just tell us that he loves us. He showed us that he loves us. This thing of hesitation is that, you know, God's put us here for a reason. This thing of hesitation is that God's called you. He's ordained you. But you can really easily be hesitant and not ever do anything for the kingdom. There are a million excuses you can come up with that Levi could have said, you know what, no, I'm not going to do that because of this. A million excuses that he could have said. But you know what he says? He just gets up and he leaves everything. This thing of hesitation, I think it's poisoning our generation. Because we like to have our own plan. We like to be able to tweak it whenever we want it. We like to make it fit just our time schedule. We like to make it make us famous. We like to just, we like our plan, our plan, our plan. And whenever God's plan is actually being prevailed in our life and whenever God's really moving, sometimes that actually calls us out of the place that we actually are, whether that be physically, whether that be spiritually. God actually calls us out of that place. He's calling us to do things that might be a little uncomfortable. But are we going to get hesitant? Because what Jesus is saying when he's saying, you know, he leaves everything and he follows him. I believe that he followed him fully. Levi doesn't just like, hey, I'm going to maybe do like a mile on and a mile off. Or like whenever I see an IHOP, I'm going to hang a left and, you know, go stop for a little bit. He follows him fully. Let's not get hesitant. I think that's one of the biggest poisons in our thing right now. Biggest poison in our generation is that, man, like we just get hesitant. It's not that we even really mean to. It's just that we look for any excuse not to do what God has called us to do because it might be a little uncomfortable. And if we can just be a little bit hesitant, if we can just make a couple excuses. Like I said, Jesus didn't just partially, he didn't almost go. He fully went. Put that 
Jesus didn't go through the beating. He didn't go through the suffering when it came to crucifixion. He didn't do all that so we can live ordinary lives. What I mean by that, I hope that you're financially stable one day. I hope that you got, I hope you're dreaming dreams. But what I see is that Levi literally had it all and he left it. That's what we see is that man, like, he went, Jesus went through all of this for him. And Jesus isn't calling us to live this ordinary life where we just kind of like halfway do things, halfway be a Christian, halfway go to church, halfway just show up, and we get in this rhythm of just showing up, showing up, showing up, that we never even open up our hearts to what God could really do tonight. What God could do when we're actually coming into His presence. Let's not get hesitant. Because God, I mean, Jesus went. He went the whole way. He went the whole way. He wasn't hesitant with that because His arms are open right now. He's not hesitant to love you where you are. If you've got some sin in your life that you're looking like, man, I don't even know if Jesus will accept this. His arms are open. What I mean by that is he's saying, open, come to me. But his arms were also open when he was on that cross for us. His arms have always been open. And we're wondering, does God even like me? I think God hates me. I think God, like, he wants me. To, like, no, God, God actually loves you so much, like we said, that he sent his son Jesus down the cross for us. We don't have to wonder if God loves us, if he intends well for us. He intends life and life abundantly. Not this ordinary life where we just go through the motions, man. I, I heard it put one time is that like if you keep coming to like things like pursuit and keep coming to like church and like don't really believe what's going on, like you're just like a lukewarm Christian. You're one that's not doing really anything. You're just kind of coming. Man, this is a really lame hobby. I don't know if you've ever even heard that in church. Man, this gets pretty lame for you to keep showing up, taking a time, like taking one night, two nights, Whatever it may be, however much you go to church, and then to not actually live that out, to not actually live out what God's called us to do. Man, I just pray that we don't get hesitant, that we don't actually miss the moment that we're sitting in right now. Next thing we want to talk about is sensitivity. We're talking about repentance tonight. Repentance. Sensitivity is something that I was kind of like picking some people's brains apart. I was kind of like, man, like, like, tell me what you think about this. Tell me what you think about sensitivity when it comes to like repentance. Has anyone in this room, and you don't even have to raise your hands because I'm sure you've been in this. I act like I'm the only one, but we all know that we've been there. Have you ever had a conversation with your friend and you feel like you can't really talk to them because you're afraid they're going to get offended? You feel like they're going to kind of like, like not really receive it well? Like you're actually afraid to speak some truth into their life because you're afraid of like, man, they're just a little sensitive. I think that our society, I think that Christians nowadays, man, we don't even want to talk about anything of any weight we don't want to claim the truth because we're afraid we're going to hurt some people's feelings. I think this is something that we're going through, not just, like I said, not just as like Christians. This is like the whole society, man, where we just don't know what's right and what's wrong. So we'd rather not claim anything because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Whenever Jesus is walking around, when these Pharisees ask, they say, what are you doing with sinners? He's, he spits it out truth. He spits out truth. I think that we become way too soft on the truth. That the truth is what actually changes people's lives. And we don't believe that the gospel actually changes anyone's life anymore. That Jesus, yeah, he might have went there, but it was 2,000 years ago. But what I see is that, man, like, we're just getting too sensitive. We don't want to talk about anything. We don't want to talk about, like, like when he talks about Jesus being a doctor in the scripture. When Jesus is the doctor, I think we've got to realize, this is, this is kind of the revelation that came to me, was that, you know, when I was 18 years old and really decided to start following Jesus. It got to be a whole new level once I figured out what Jesus had saved me from. I don't know if that's the way that you, maybe you're raised in church and you've been doing good. But for me, I felt like I was doing good showing up to church. 
But then once I got off to college and I started realizing all the sin in my life, all the dark stuff in my life, that's when I was like, whoa, you're telling me that like Jesus loves that part of Chase? That, that part of Chase that I don't even want to talk to my friends about? That part of Chase that you'll never see on Instagram? That part of, that part of Chase that, man, is so deeply hidden inside of Chase that Chase doesn't even want to show it at all? If it's anything, it might be in his apartment room just by himself. Like, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about that Jesus... We start to realize what Jesus has done for us once we know what he saved us from. Like that sin was so dirty. It was so blemished. What we have in our lives, this sin, this illness is so bad. It's so contagious. It's literally eating us alive that it's something that's so bad that we can't do anything with it ourselves. It's incurable. Except that we have our hope in Jesus. And he is the doctor. There's nothing on this planet that can heal our sin other than the one who died on the cross for us. So we're going to get sensitive and not want to talk about this illness, which is sin. We want to get sensitive and, you know, maybe my illness isn't the same as yours. Maybe my, my illness looks a little bit different. I've got a little bit different symptoms. I pray that pursuit will never be a place that we don't want to claim the truth. We don't want to talk about it. If we know that Jesus is the doctor, I pray that the reason we know that he is such a good and gracious doctor, that he is the one that holds all the powers because we know how bad the illness is. This sin that is in our life. We're not going to get, sens- we're not gonna get like, just sensible just wondering like, man, I'm afraid these people are judging me. I think that's something that we are so quick to jump towards. Because none of us are in a place to judge. None of us are in a place to judge. So I think that as Christians, if we throw up this wall and say, you know what, what they're saying actually has a little bit of credit, but I'm going to throw up this wall. I'm just going to say that they're judging me. I'm not even going to look in my heart and look what's in going on in there. I'm not going to look and see if it's got any validity. I'm just going to say that they're judging me and I'm going to put up a wall. What I see is that as I see Christians that are going through the same fight, the same struggle each and every day because nobody wants to talk about it. I think it'd be a waste of time if we came in here. We don't want to actually talk about, yes, we have sin in our life, but that's why we love Jesus so much. Because we're just going through this life over and over again each and every day. And we're not actually asking for that repentance to turn away from the sin that we are so deeply entangled with. It's literally robbing us dry. There's things that God has called us to do, but we are willing to take that sin. We're willing to accept that sin and say, you know what, Jesus, I'm not going to call. I'm not going to follow you fully. That person, they're judging me. They're not even like it might it might be a little bit valid, but they're judging me. Now, I'm not saying anybody gets to walk around and just throw judgment here and there. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if somebody comes up and says, you know, hey, this is out of a loving manner. This is as, as much love as I can do. The man, if somebody came up and said that to me, what I, what I always do is if they say it in a loving way, most loving way in Christ, if they say that, the man, if they say something, I'm going to look at my heart. I'm going to evaluate it. But the thing is, is that they really didn't mean that in love. If they really didn't mean that in Christ, then that's not on me. Sometimes we're willing to throw up this wall and not even listen to what people say. We're not even willing to have conversations with people because we're afraid they're go- that we're going to hurt their feelings. I think when Jesus makes very clear in this passage is that he's willing to sit with any of the sinners, any of the people that are actually going through some stuff, any of the people that have struggle in their life, he's willing to sit down with them, eat with them, and he's not just going to step away and not associate with them. That's who he was doing business with. That's the people he was sitting with. So we got to realize if we're going to be, if we want to look more like Jesus and sit with sinners and eat with them, if we want to actually walk in, this, what, this is what this world is. We are sinners. We're, we're sitting down with Jesus. Then, man, we can't be surprised if we're having conversations that actually hold some weight because they have some truth in there and the truth is the gospel. We can't get sensible. We can't let emotions take the place of faith. 
We can't let emotions take over to where we actually don't have spiritual conversations. We can't let emotions get in the way of what God's going to do in this generation. What He's going to do in this ministry because I truly believe that this thing about being sensitive, man, it's just something that we're going to continue to fight. But I think we've got to make a decision, each and every one of us. Are we going to, are we going to be sensitive or are we actually going to look at our heart? If it has no weight, then it's a grain of salt. But if it actually has some weight, let's take that as a chance to get better, to look more like Jesus. Because we've got way too much sin in our life to say that someone else is the problem. You know, at least I don't look as bad as them. And I pray that, we, that they, that person is not the standard of our spiritual life. I pray that our standard is Jesus Christ. That's something we can always strive for. Here we go. We, and I, when, when I talked about like this, this environment that I hope the pursuit has, I think it'd be so cool is that we know that no one is above anyone because we're all sinners in this building. We're all saved by Jesus. If we accept that, what we have to realize is that no one's, just because I've got a microphone, just because someone plays a guitar, just because somebody runs the slides back there, and we're all the same playing field, man. We're all in this together. We're all fighting this same battle. That's why we're coming together, because we're all one big team. What if we came in here knowing that we're all sinners, that we're all saved by the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ? And that is why, because no one is on a pedestal, that is why we see Jesus so clearly in this ministry. Because no one else is above it. No one else, like, no one else gets the glory. It's Jesus who gets the glory each and every time we come in here. That's why, because we're all sinners. We're not sensitive about that. We're all sinners. And that's why Jesus is so easy to see. Because he's seated on his throne. He's a king. It says that our God is a lion. He's the only one. He's the doctor. We hear so many things that, that God is related to. But that's why it's so easy to see him in here tonight. Is because... We're all sitting on the same playing field. We all need Jesus. And he's highly sitting on his throne right now. That's what's so awesome about that. Flying right along, it says that when we see Jesus, we see Jesus because he's the only one who sits higher than the rest of us. I think we get caught, like I said, what we talked about, that sometimes we like to we get captured by this thought that people are trying to judge us. We feel like we can't even come to church. We feel like we can't even like walk in somewhere without people judging us. Like, what are we wearing? What's going on in our lives? Like, what did we do last night? Like, we feel like we can't even walk into a church building because of the things that we've done. I think that, like we pointed out, if we're all on equal playing field, then hey, you're just as, you're just as sinful as I am, and we know that we need Jesus. We are willing to talk about the illness because we know the doctor in pursuit. What I mean by that is that we're willing to talk about sin. We're willing to talk about these struggles in our life. We're willing to talk about those things. Not so we can just make you feel bad about your life. It's so that we can actually point you towards the doctor who's Jesus Christ. Who's the Savior of our sins. That sin in our life needs a Savior and that's Jesus. That's why we're willing to talk about those things. Because I truly believe that as a generation, if we were to really get real about the things that we're going through... We see people that are walking on the same university that we are, that man might be struggling with an addiction to alcohol. We might, be, we might be walking next to someone that actually even has suicidal thoughts, but you've never had a conversation enough to get to know that. That man, they're not even content with themselves. They don't even know why they're here. They're so confused. They think they're not good enough. Maybe they keep putting themselves in a situation that might be a sinful atmosphere. We've got people all around us that man, if we're not willing to actually address that sin, actually talk about it, how will we ever see that Jesus is actually the answer? 
The thing is, is we don't just say, hey, look, you're sick, you're sick, you're sick. You've got an illness, it's sin, don't associate with me. The reason that Jesus sat down with those sinners is because He was showing them that He is the doctor. That's why He came in. That's why He came to this world is because He didn't come in just to say that you're sinful. He's saying that you're sinful, yes, but there's a healer. There's a Savior. Ben, if you want to come on back up. Getting right to the end of it. I don't want this to be a place where we know Jesus. We know the doctor, but we don't want to talk about what He has healed us from, what He's cured us from. I think it's also kind of funny to point out is that no one really goes to the doctor if they're healthy. Does anybody go to the doctor because they're healthy? Because the copays are ridiculous. If you just walk in there just like, hey, I'm healthy. Can, you, can we do like a checkup like every two weeks? Like, no, like no one goes to the doctor because they're, because they're, they're healthy. Everyone goes to the doctor because they're sick. And that's what we're talking about tonight is that we're talking about repentance. We're actually talking about like the sin and that Jesus is the doctor. Here we go. Is that when we understand, like I said, if we understand what Jesus has saved us from, it's a whole new perspective. If you're taking notes, this is how simply, simple it is. You ready? Jesus is the doctor. The illness is sin. The cure is repentance. I'm going to say that again. Jesus is the doctor. The illness is sin. The cure is repentance. So we've kind, of, we've kind of talked a little bit about repentance, but right now I hope that I can just wrap everything up, make this all make sense. I hope that you're not like, hey, dude, I feel super crappy right now. Like, yes, I'm sinful. Repentance. It's something that I feel like in churches and, and ministries we don't talk enough about is that, man, we're talking about repentance. That doesn't mean that we just kind of come back to church again. That maybe, maybe, maybe God will do something next time I come. Maybe God will move. Repentance is. The sinner in our life, repentance is a 180. That means that I turn away from what used to be worldly in my life and I choose Jesus. What we see Levi do is that when he's at, like, in order to follow Jesus, we have to ask for repentance. That there is sin in our life that we are naturally born. We are sinful by nature that when it comes to repentance, it's something that we have to do. It's not something that we just choose whether we do it or not. Repentance is something that we have to do. So, so many times I hear people kind of dodge around this. Repentance, like, yeah, like you're forgiven. Repentance. If we wanted to wrap up, what's one of the biggest things in our generation right now as Christians, especially as college students, I'll wrap it up like this. When we're talking about repentance, this is what it comes down to is that, have you ever heard someone say that, hey, I'm struggling? I'm struggling. Anybody, any, anybody ever been struggling? Can we get real for a second? Anybody ever, ever been struggling? Repentance is, is that I don't just stay and struggle. Yeah, the struggle is real, but I don't just stay there, keep that sin in my life and struggle with it. Repentance is, is that that is sin and I need to turn away from it and choose Jesus because he's going to save me from it. So check this out, is that you'll hear some people say that, oh, I'm just struggling with that sin. I'm just struggling with watching porn. I'm just struggling with having sex with my girlfriend. I'm just struggling with going out all the time. I'm just struggling, struggling, struggling. Repentance is, is that some of those things are actually sin. That's in our life. It's actually sin and that we can't just keep it in our lives saying, you know what, I am a Christian. Jesus is the Lord of my life. Yes, He is those things, but repentance is, is that those things aren't just struggle. I'm actually going to call it what it is and say that it's sin because sin requires, it requires repentance. It requires that we turn away from those things. Because lots of us would like to walk around with some of the worldly things in our life. We'd like to walk around and just say that we're struggling with some things. 
when the matter of the fact is that we're really sinning with some things. Because struggle, for some reason, we like to put that word struggle on there, and it makes it seem like, you know, I'm struggling with it. I can keep it in my life a little bit longer. Repentance is that it's actually sin, and I'm going to turn away from it. That Jesus has forgave me from it so I can turn away from it. That's what repentance is, is that it's not struggle. Sometimes we get that confused. We think those are equal, that sin and struggle are the same things, is that you might struggle with a sin, but sin requires repentance. Sin and struggle aren't the same things, guys. There's people that are literally going through some of the worst things, the worst days of their life right now. The worst days of their life. They're really struggling with some tough things in their life. But are we going to choose to just struggle with those things, keep the things that we know we are messed up, the sin in our life, we're willing to keep those in our life and not choose Jesus because we'd like to just have just a little bit more of the world. We're not going to choose to follow Jesus fully. We're going to keep that in our life so we can struggle just a little bit longer. Repentance is turning away from that sin, saying, Jesus, I want you more than anything else in this world. That's what we see Levi do. So he leaves everything. He leaves the sin in his life. He leaves the possessions in his life. He leaves everything to follow Jesus. That's the kind of faith that we need in here tonight, Pursuit. Not just, a, not just a once a week. We need a repentance type faith that there's something in my heart, there's something in my life, no matter how dirty, no matter how sinful. When Jesus paid the price, he paid it in full. That's why I can follow him fully. Here we go, three points. If you're taking notes, stay with me. Quick, rely on faith, not emotions. Rely on faith, not emotions. We don't need to go through this life wondering if people might get a little hurt. We need to be upfront with the truth, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to be more focused on that and not really on the emotions that go behind it because if Jesus was worried about what people think, he would have never touched anybody. He would have said a lot of good things, but it wouldn't have held any weight. When Jesus walked around, that he knew that we know that Jesus that he is the only answer to our sin problem. He is the doctor. So we're not trying to be rude. We're not going to be rude, but we're going to be, we know we're going to lead by faith. That if God has called me to talk to this person, if I've formed a relationship with this person, then I'm going to be willing to talk about some things that actually hold some weight. I'm going to lead by faith. I'm not going to leave by my emotions because emotions come and go. Like that middle school girlfriend that you once had, that middle school boyfriend, gone long ago. That's emotions. Let's lead by faith. Number two, repentance isn't punishment. We get this confused sometimes. Repentance is not punishment. It's freedom. What we see with Levi is we see that this dude, probably sinful in whatever his ways were, we see that Jesus, I mean, we see that, that Levi, then when Jesus is calling us to repentance, is to turn to something that's better. He's saying, turn away from what's temporary and turn to what's eternal. This isn't punishment. This repentance process isn't punishment. This is freedom. This means that I can actually live my life again. That means that I'm actually walking in tune with Jesus. And it's not punishment that I get to do that. That means that I'm living the best days of my life. No matter what's going on around me, no matter what I've got in my bank account, no matter how many followers I've got on Instagram, that if I'm in Jesus, I'm going to be all right. Praise God that we're going to be all right, that you know what? That repentance is not punishment. That it's really freedom. Last point of the night. Y'all still there? You still good? This is a good one. I, I, I like this one, and this is uh, probably not grammatically correct, so don't rip me. But I just put it as simple as I could put it. Here we go. Jesus is worth following because he is truth. And we can trust truth. 
Does anybody, you kind of chuckle at that. We can trust truth. Does that make sense? We can trust truth. We can trust that Jesus actually went to the cross for us. We can trust that God didn't just say that he loved us. He didn't just say that he forgave us of our sins. He didn't just say that pursuit that we get to come in here, not because he just said that. The reason we can trust Jesus, he didn't just say those things. The reason we can trust him it's because he actually did it. He actually sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. So if you're wondering, you're like, man, I don't know about all this. How can we back all this back, like way back up and try to like, why can't I trust it? We can trust it because Jesus is truth. We can trust because we know that Jesus is the savior of our souls, that there is no sin too deep, no sin too dirty. There's nothing in our hearts that we might be going through right in this very moment that Jesus isn't willing to save us from. Jesus loves us so much that he's willing to meet us where we are, but he loves us way too much to leave us where we are. He loves us, he loves us to meet us where we are, but he does not, he doesn't just leave us there. That that repentance process, that repentance of turning away of what's in our heart, we turn away and we look for Jesus. Because he's the savior of our souls. Wrap it up, we're going to go back to it. Jesus is the doctor. The illness is sin. The cure is repentance. Guys, tonight, I know that this might not be one of the, the, the funniest or the whatever you want to call it sermons, but this is, this is what the gospel is about. I actually didn't even tell you what the title of this talk was because I just kind of pondered on it and pondered on it. And I was like, what do I even call this? Man, this is just the gospel. I called it, I said, is now a good time? Because I think whenever Jesus walked up to Levi, it might not have been a good time. It might have had a thousand things else he could do. But he dropped everything and he followed him. Tonight, pursuit, what we see is we see a whole bunch of college students. As I look out, that's in, I just look out and I see college students that are willing to give up their Thursday night. I see that our hearts are actually in a place where, physical location where the Holy Spirit is in this place tonight. If we were to get real about it, if we were to really actually talk about those sins in our life, we'd know that, you know what, it's actually sin. I can't just keep struggling over and over and over again. This actually sin in my life and that I actually have to ask for repentance and that Jesus will be there every step of the way. Do you got time for that? Do you got time for that? You're here. I hope that your hearts are willing. I hope that your hearts have been open. I believe God's going to do something special in this next song, so I don't know what it looks like. But I pray that if there's anyone in here that's going through whatever, whatever that may be, we're going to have... Uh, prayer team people, including myself. We're going to have them, some people back there, some people on the sides. But guys, this repentance process, it's going to be easy if there's somebody walking with you along there, with, walking along with you. Let's turn away from that sin. Let's not just keep struggling with it. Because I really feel like God's put this dream, He's put this, He's put this on our lives, this call on our lives, and that, man, we can either choose the world or we can choose Jesus. That's going to require some, that's going to require some repentance. And the reason we might get sensitive sometimes is because maybe that wound, maybe that sin, maybe it's still a little touchy. Maybe it still kind of hurts to talk about that a little bit. That sin has a little bit of guilt that's still on there. What I see is that, you know what? No matter how crappy Chase is, no matter how bad his day is, no matter how many times I've messed up, no matter how many times that I've sinned, Jesus still loves me enough to forgive me for it. That goes for you as well. 
So tonight could be the night that your life gets changed forever. And it's not just like, hey, let's just come in here and maybe some life change will happen. We actually believe that there's miracles in Jesus' name. He heals people left and right all throughout this Bible. And whether it's actually something physical that he, that he heals them from, I think that tonight, let's not skip, you know what, this sermon wasn't just for the person sitting next to you. What if we actually accepted it into our hearts and said, you know what, Jesus, it's time. I've been running way too long. I've been, been doing way too many bad stuff. I've got so much stuff in my heart that I've been waiting to get rid of. I've been wondering if tonight's the night. I pray that, that heaven is, is cheering us on in this moment, that heaven's going to look different after tonight. Because there's going to be people that make decisions not to just keep following the weight of this world, but they're going to follow Jesus and they're going to follow Him fully. Someone pray for us if you'll stand with us. I don't know what the next step looks like for you guys. But I know that there's tons of people in here that are willing to pray for you. There's also people that are sitting there waiting to see, you know what, is my friend going to do something? We've been in the same position as in life. Are they going to do something? Are they going to accept what God's put on their life? Are they actually going to ask for repentance in this moment? Don't get hesitant. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for the next pursuit. Tonight's the night. And I believe that God's going to shake up your future when you give it over fully to Him in ways that you can't even imagine. Your life looks so much better once Jesus fully takes over. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. Help us spread the word by rating and sharing this podcast.